probably a fireman listening to this podcast right now dying who's like, fuck you, Ryan. That would suck for a lot of reasons. If this was the <laughs> last thing you ever heard was me talking about Laverne and Shirley, I'm so sorry about your right, life. Right, right. I'm so sorry how your life turned out, you know? We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode of shows that suck and shows that load. And welcome to a very special episode, the podcast which reviews very special episodes of TV in order to remind everyone of the unceasing march of death, which will someday claim us all. I am your host, Austin Gorton. Joining me while doing it her way is... Carolyn Maine, House of Pfeffer Incorporated. And also with us today, eating some scooter pies <laughs> is... Shlemiel Shlemazel, Ryan Alexander Tanner. <laughs> And this week we are reviewing Laverne and Shirley, Season 5, Episode 18, Why Did the Fireman... Dot, 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 in which Laverne meets and falls in love with a hunky fireman, only to be struck by tragedy. So there's, uh, this was kind of a listener request episode in terms of uh, the recent uh, passing of Penny Marshall. Yeah. That's true. In some ways, our podcast is becoming like the death watch, like we're the obituary because all the sure. early sitcom right. stars keep dying. Did some celebrity who was on a TV show once die? Well, then we should probably do an episode. Guess I know this. I mean, it just boils down to like, we need something to make our decisions for us <laughs> as far as what it's... episodes to do. It's, it's like, if it's not a holiday or not a specific listener request, a celebrity death is as good a reason as any. It's a real solid vote. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's what led us to Laverne and Shirley. And then frankly, I just did a quick, uh, like, very special episode, Laverne and Shirley, to see if there were any specific ones that would... Uh, fit the bill and it seemed like this one would because spoiler alert i don't have a whole ton of experience with laverne and shirley mm -hmm. but uh i guess we'll start ryan with you do you mm -hmm. have a lot of experience with laverne and shirley and if not how about any uh familiarity you have with penny marshall in general um well uh i laverne and shirley is one of many shows that i would say i am familiar with it but i haven't watched a ton of it I always knew it was a show, um, and it would be on in syndication and whatnot when I was growing up. So I would see it sometimes, uh, but I don't have a strong relationship with it. Uh, I have an affinity for it, kind of this era of um, sitcoms in general. Like, I like the aesthetic of it very much. Yeah. Uh, and then Penny Marshall as a whole, I mean, her performance is, I, I love just this whole 
kind of era of sitcom performance and like the color palettes and like these late seventies, uh, kind of mainstreamy sitcoms. Like there's just something really pleasant about them. And like the delivery, the, the humor of it and everything. Like I really loved everyone's performance in this episode. Uh, as for her movies, I mean, her movies are pretty unavoidable, right? Yeah. At least a few of them. Um, I think, you know, Big and League of Their Own are pretty, pretty omnipresent. Yeah, Big was a huge deal when I was a kid. And then, uh, oh, I didn't know she did the Awakenings movie from Oliver Sacks. She had a nice little run there where she went from Big to Awakenings to A League of Their Own. Like, uh-huh. that's a solid three movie stretch for any director. Would you oh, say that's ho- a home run? Yeah. <laughs> and before that, she did Jumpin' Jack Flash, which is an amazing movie. So that's a solid four movie run. Yeah, that is. You're right. That is. That's a good solid four. That's the Whoopi Goldberg movie without the purple dinosaur. Oh, uh, see, that's I don't way know that ref- one. Jumping Jack Flash <laughs> is a fucking great movie. Is it? Uh, yeah, we should have done that. I love that's just a movie I saw a million times as a kid. It's just very funny and clever, and it's also like the original instant messaging on a computer movie. Oh, damn! Yeah, like this thing that was kind of implausible in the movie is now we're doing it right now. <laughs> Except we're doing a much more. Uh, complex and futuristic version that that's jump true class. i am catfishing somebody right now you are it's true <laughs> tink, 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 multi-task. uh so anyway i have uh i revere penny marshall uh i don't know laverne and shirley super well but i'm familiar with it and uh also yep. it's one of many shows when i was a kid my mom would always be like so and so is gay you know like all the characters on uh. tv were gay or and laverne and shirley are pretty although this is very heterosexual in many ways they're still I agree that there's a a, a gay undercurrent to Laverne and Shirley. <laughs> How about you, Carol? Same questions? Yeah, yeah. Similar answers. I am not super familiar with Laverne and Shirley. I must have watched it once or twice, but it wasn't as heavily syndicated as other less lady-centric and less gay shows that they'll play over and over again. Um, a really familiar part for me is the theme song, which we'll get to. They mm-hmm. did a spot-on parody of it for some reason in Wayne's World. So it's yeah. nice to go back yeah. to the OG. <laughs> and uh, Penny Marshall, you know, for a while, do you remember when she would, like, have cell phone commercials or Radio Shack with Rosie O'Donnell? And I'm like, who is this lady? And my mom was like, that's a director. And she did A League of Their Own, which is uh-huh. the first thing I want to talk about, because just... So good, so huge. R.I.P. Penny Marshall. Uh, you got a couple other films that I haven't seen. Big, I definitely saw, and that's good too. So yeah, this is one of the first ladies really doing it her way. And then mm-hmm. the other ladies, presumably well, yeah, still alive, uh, right? Big made her the first female director to direct a movie that made over a hundred million dollars. Which is both impressive and deeply sad that it took until 1988 for that to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Although, to be fair, in 1988, $100 million $100 was a big a ton movie. of money, yeah. Was a yeah. big movie. Because <laughs> Big was also... I see, I see what you did there, uh, Ryan. Big was also when Tom Hanks became, like, big. Superstar, you know, yeah. yeah. He, that was he also moment. became big. big. Yeah. It's a big movie, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, anything else, Carol? Uh, let's see. Uh, just that she's she's a real neat lady. It was fun to go back to the way, way back 
machine. I agree with Ryan about the general palette and how soothing and it's kind of dreamlike. And uh, <laughs> so, I, so I mostly know Penny Marshall from like her Steven Spielberg as director days, where she like wore a baseball hat and a big sweater and kind of slouched and smack gum with Rosie O'Donnell. So it was yeah. fun to see her when she was like high and toy as a baby actor, just like really sharp in all these ways. So nice to come back and see. One of the first and most greatest lady sitcoms. This is right up there with Mary Tyler Moore, basically. Yeah, this is definitely later than Mary Tyler Moore. Mm-hmm. Not by a lot, though. Uh, is that this right? Was, this is late 70s, early 80s. Mm-hmm. And Mary Tyler Moore was what? 60s, early 70s? 70s? Early 70s. Like, kind of the 70s, more or less. Yeah. Um, but this is, I mean, they definitely overlapped, I think, at one point. Is that right? Yeah, I'm going to get the crack research research team on that that to double check. But uh, while you do that, I will just say, uh, yeah, like the like you guys, I I think this is probably the first episode of Laverne and Shirley I've ever watched like end to end. Um, I'm fairly certain I was introduced to the opening theme via Wayne's World before I ever actually saw it. (laughs) Um, Then saw it. and was like, wow, that's a spot on parody of the Laverne and Shirley opening. Yeah. so yeah, not terribly familiar with the show, but yeah, loved a lot of Penny Marshall's work as a director. Um, I was never a, a big, big guy. Uh, I feel like I probably saw it kind of what we'd say now post hype. Uh, right. Everyone was like, "Oh, big! This is great! You got to see this movie with big!" It's like Tom Hanks's thing. And I saw, I was like, "Yeah, it was fine," but uh, love a league of their own. Yeah, that's a that's a big favorite of mine. I remember seeing that in the theaters as a kid. And, uh, that's one of those movies that when it, when I'm flipping around on TV, if you see the league of their own is on, I'll stop and just watch a few minutes of it, wherever it is. Um, cause wherever it's at, there's, there's something fun to, to watch. And I'm a big sports ball, baseball guy. And that's a really super fun and interesting uh, period of time in baseball history and I love that they made a movie out of it and it's just a stacked cast and um good good stuff there but yeah I did I did uh I put the orphans on a little bit of Laverne and Shirley research because I'm like I don't know a whole lot about this I feel like you we'd have to put this in the discussion of the most successful spin-offs of all time yeah so so uh wait first I got some results in, and Mary Tyler Moore was 70 to 77. Okay. And then Laverne and Shirley was uh, 76 to 83, so there is an overlap. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very, just a tiny little overlap. So this is, uh, I even am seeing that there was a Laverne and Shirley, Mork and Mindy, Happy Days uh, hour Whoa, series. what? Like a yeah, variety this, type this show, This is right? a spinoff of Happy Days. Right. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. But, like, this exploded in popularity. by I read it by its third season. It was the most watched American television show. Wow. Like, I mean, that's for, I mean, that's, that's huge for a spinoff. Uh-huh. Um, it had its own animated spinoff, apparently. Uh-huh. There was, like, a bit in the middle of the show's run where Laverne and Shirley joined the Army Reserves. Yep. And had, like, wacky army antics, and then they created an animated spinoff set entirely during that period of time. So it's them in the army dealing with, like, 
Horshack is the like voicing the drill sergeant who's giving them a hard time. Weird. <laughs> and like there was like action figures and both Laverne and Shirley and Lenny and Squiggy cut albums as what? their characters performing Whoa. songs. Like, that doesn't sound true, Austin. I this I, I saw pictures on Wikipedia, damn it. Wow. And were they on uh Scooby Doo? Oh. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, this is this was like a huge phenomenon. Also, uh, back in its day, Penny Marshall, we must bring up, was Miss Botts, the evil babysitter, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the first season of The Simpsons, the season right. finale of the first season of The Simpsons. Yep, uh, and she was, and she was also, uh, she played the wife to her brother Gary Marshall's husband in Hocus Pocus. When he was dressed up as the devil and the witches all thought that he was the real devil. And then she came downstairs and yelled at them. That's a great scene. <laughs> that was probably that was probably my first encounter of, with Penny Marshall as like a person like, oh, who's that? It's Penny Marshall. Anywho, opening thing, no cold open on this episode. I don't know if that was a Laverne and Shirley thing or not, but uh, we go, we dive right into that theme song. And what do you think? Top 10 best sitcom theme huh. song of all time? It's up I can there. see that. It's. They're so committed to it. I don't know which Shamil Shamazel or Haas and Pfeffers Incorporated are, but when they're saying it, I just feel it. It feels like feminism. It feels like progress. Uh, I can tell you, Carol. I've always wondered what that is supposed to mean. (laughs) I'm somewhat curious, mildly, yeah. Lifelong question. That is a Yiddish-American hopscotch chant. Oh. Huh. And that is a hopscotch chant that Penny Marshall did when she was a kid. And then oh. she brought it up as a thing that they could use to open the show. Are they Jewish? Are Laverne and Shirley Jewish or just uh, Laverne? I don't even... Well, Laverne is supposed to be Italian. Yeah. Her parents are like Italian immigrants. Now, yeah. I don't know that that necessarily means that she can't be Jewish. Yeah, she could. Yeah, but I don't... I don't think in the show they ever explicitly go one way or the other as to whether both or either are Jewish. Because Shlemiel is one of the most Jewish words (laughs) you can say. Yeah, yeah. Well, the whole idea is supposed to be like, you're either the Shlemiel or you're the Shlemazel. Which one's good? I forget which one is good and which one is. I believe the Shlemazel is what you would like to be. Yeah. Spoken like a true Shlemazel, Ryan. Thank you. Oh, thanks, Carol. So, uh, but real quick, so I'm pretty sure that Laverne and Shirley was a backdoor pilot that Happy Days did, right? I think so, yeah. I mean, because they spun out from Happy They appeared on a number of Happy Days episodes. I yeah. don't know how many of those were before the show launched and how many were after, off the top of my head. Yeah, but because they're all the same production company, because Mork and Mindy also, Mm -hmm. like, Married with Children did some backdoor pilots. We've talked about that, and none of them ever were any good. But, uh... Yeah, but Happy Days churned out, I mean, it had at least two, three spinoffs. What was the third one? uh, Joni Loves Chachi. Oh, Oh, yeah! That's right. We should just do every episode of Joni Loves Chachi. I don't know how many there are. There can't be that many. Maybe we'll make that a Patreon reward someday, yeah. Ryan. We'll do every it, episode of Joni Loves Chachi. It would be really fun to do uh, the longest possible spinoff we could and just spin and spin and spin. 
Or the shortest possible spinoff. <laughs> I mean, like, like chase a, one spinoff to another spinoff to another spinoff. Or, yeah, going. I would also do canceled shows too, Ryan. But yeah, yeah, like short-lived spinoffs. Yeah. But yeah, backdoor pilots are... I don't think backdoor pilots are ever good. But anyway, uh, but also all the spinoffs of Happy Days never took place in the 50s, right? Uh, this one technically does oh. at this point. So the episode that we watched does take place in the 50s. The season after this one, they leave Milwaukee, they move to California, and they pull a Good Morning Miss Bliss Save by the Bell where, like, everyone goes with them to uh-huh. California, yeah. including, like, Lenny and Squeaky, who are just the guys that live upstairs at this point. They go <laughs> to California, too. And, you know, uh, Shirley's quasi-boyfriend goes with them. And then that takes place explicitly in the 60s, and each season is considered to be another year. Like, it actually goes in real time. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. So it starts in, like, 1963, I think, and then the next season it's 64, and then 65. Very interesting. Yeah, but at this point, the episode we're reviewing today, it is uh, it is technically supposed to be the 50s, which is really interesting because there there's something kind of, well, not there's something progressive about like two women leading a sitcom and they just live together in an apartment and they have regular nine to five kind of blue collar jobs. And um, well, so do they live with Laverne's parents? No, so I had to look this up. I got the gruel orphans to run this down for me. So in this episode, there's Edna, and she was their landlady, and she eventually marries Laverne's dad, who's also Uh, in this episode. Okay. So earlier in the series, it was like Laverne's dad, he he lives in town, but they don't live with him. And then there's Edna, who's like their landlady, and then the two of them get together. Okay. But yeah, they're just they're just two working gals sharing an apartment together, working at the bottle cap as bottle cappers at the beer factory and Yeah. There's something, I mean, sadly something kind of progressive for like a 70s and 80s set sitcom to be presenting that, but then when you consider that it's supposed to take place in the 50s. Yeah. It's kind of like, "Oh, good good for you." Yeah. Well, and this is like the story of why Laverne's not married too. Jesus Christ! Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler. Yeah, I want to. I mean, we'll get know. to it, but I want to talk about like what are the ramifications? I feel like you would never recover from what happens in this episode, <laughs> right? right? It would affect your whole life forever. You'd never not think about it. My final note on the theme song was once again I noted that only. Uh, Penny Marshall and Shirley Walker get credited in the opening credits. Huh. Like you see Lenny and Squiggy, but they don't flash up that who you know the actors that are playing them, which mm-hmm. is only notable because one of them is Michael McKeon, who obviously <laughs> goes on to um, a lot of you know fun and interesting things. Right? Yeah. Isn't Better Call Saul another spinoff of Laverne and Shirley? Yeah, he definitely <laughs> plays Squiggy in that. Maybe if show. we go back far enough, right? Yeah. Or forward enough? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, coming out of the credits we've got uh laverne and ted dancing (gasps) yeah come walking into the apartment while shirley is trying to make her boobs bigger oh boy yeah i have this down as titty exercises in front of ted dancing omg dear penthouse i know (laughs) and she was really uh working hard on it she's really dedicated (laughs) to making her breasts bigger with aerobics and chanting 
Yeah, right? enchanting is part of it, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, they really had a hard time notifying her that they were seeing what she was doing. <laughs> yes, classic, classic sitcom chicanery where they walk into the room and she's oblivious and they don't make enough noise so that she can thoroughly embarrass herself before they uh, make their presence known. And then uh, Laverne introduces Shirley to her hunky date. And then uh, Ted Danson proceeds to do a pretty good job of putting the moves on Laverne. Oh, my God. Ted Danson. Whoo! The vapors. Right? He's he's a hunky guy in this episode. He's quite seductive. And his (laughs) hair. Can we talk about his hair? (laughs) Please. How how many scientists developed that? There's like three (laughs) angles and six shapes. I've got. I've got. It is. It is a. It is a massive uh, and impressive plume of hair. It is a chestnut coif. I was going to ask: Is it a plume or a a coif? Is it a coif? Yeah. Which would it be? I can't tell, but it's one of them. (laughs) And he looks so 1970s too in his brown tones and with that complicated, beautiful hair. Like it's. He's not from the 50s. He would have a stupid duck's ass. I don't know. Ted Danson should never change. And he hasn't that much, so. He really hasn't. Not a lot. I was just watching The Good Place with him and also really looking at his hair in that, too. Um, Yeah, he's one of those those guys that I I never want to find out did terrible things that we didn't learn about until recently. Because I feel like. Oh, yeah. You know, I feel like he just, he seems like a national treasure. And he's he's got a lot of, he's got a lot of good. Good performances under his belt, and he seems like a stand-up guy. That's true. I hope you didn't jinx it, but I really would be sad if he ended up being a, right. A, yeah. Well, speaking of which, I watched that R. Kelly oh, documentary <laughs> series this week. Um, holy fuck! Yeah, it was really disturbing. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I personally have always loved R. Kelly. Well, not always, <laughs> but for the last ten years, I would say his music. And Ooh. it's there's always the question, you know, like as a fan or whatever, what he did is so bad that you can't even a- appreciate anything he's ever done. Like oh it's yeah. it's that level of terrible. Yeah, there's a certain level of like separating the art from the artist. And one's ability to do that is obviously, you know, largely dependent on on the individual, but also dependent on, like, the scale of what you're separating their actions from. Yeah, and yeah. You reach, you, know, you reach a certain point where you're just like, wow, you just can't do it anymore. Well, and also, all of our Kelly songs are about fucking. So it's yeah. like, you're like, traditionally would be like, oh, let's put on some R. Kelly. And, uh, and then you're like, no, this guy is a monster. Like... <laughs> It's really heavy duty. Like, knowing that lens of who he is, just everything he ever did, you're like, ugh. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not that huge of a fan of his. It made it easy. Yeah, because that documentary, ooh. Did you watch it? No, I don't have to to not be a fan because it seems like it would be (laughs) fucking sad and disturbing. But I stand with the victims of that. And it's really scary what people can get away with with money in yeah i mean i'll be curious because he really should go to jail it's not just like oh he it's pretty intense yeah Yeah. i'm aware he's been like a a child kidnapper and raper and pp on her for like 20 years so 
That's part of what's disturbing about the whole thing is you're like, yeah. not a ton of this is new information. It's right. just for some reason putting it all together at once. was like, hey, everyone, like, wake the fuck up. And it's interesting. Right. Like, why does it all have to be packaged that way to really be effective? Well, you know who's not skeezy in this episode? <laughs> Ted Danson. <laughs> Good <lovely>. segue. <laughs> I'm and sorry. There's, there's some legitimate like sexual tension here between the two of them, which oh, yeah. also felt risque for both like 1978 and 1958. Right. Like just something uh, something about the fact that they clearly have like a sexual appetite for one another and aren't shy about that seems surprisingly frank to me in a 70s sitcom and then to find out it's supposed to take place in like 1958 you're like wow <laughs> uh, well and they're both such powerful performers mm-hmm. yeah they really are fantastic and this is I should say this is a pre-cheers to dancing yeah right. this is a couple of years before cheers launches it's like a TV history treat to see these two <laughs> in this in these scenes yeah. together yeah totally totally and yeah. they both make out a lot it's a very physical scene yeah they make out and i was like there's yeah. no wooing they like kiss right? and it's like a, a hot for tv kiss and no one's wooing and i'm like what am i what is going on here i it hope was, you were wooing at home austin like i was oh, i was totally wooing at Woo! home the audience was like stunned. They're just like, yeah. oh. You could hear if you listen really close, you could hear a few people in the audience like, ooh. <laughs> I do declare. <laughs> exactly. But also, I wanted to point out to we should work on bringing this back the the curse of L stitched into her sweater. Oh yeah, it's dope. Uh, do you know why? Do you know why they do that? Oh, uh, so their clothes I, don't get mixed up. You know, I read I read this uh, when I was reading some like. Uh, Penny Marshall obituaries that the producers were worried that audiences would have a hard time <gasps> keeping track of who was Laverne and who was Shirley. Oh, wow. So they came up with the idea of always having a like monogrammed L on Laverne's shirts so that the audience would be like, oh, L, that one's Laverne. Wow. I mean, honestly, ha- just w- having watched this one episode, that was helpful to me. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I good feel branding. Like, yeah. I feel like over time, that's on well, the that's audience. Well, that's what I found. So I read that and I was like, oh, that sounds like standard, you know, TV, not trusting the audience, especially back then, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So then I watched this episode. And I saw the L. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's that thing I read about. I'm like, wait, this is the fifth season of this show. <laughs> and then I read, this is the fifth season, which is two seasons after it was the most popular show on TV, <laughs> yeah. spawning spinoffs and albums and all this, and they're still putting L's on her shirt to make sure people keep track of them. Yeah, well, it's all—it's a cool shtick, too. Yeah, I'm it sure is. by then it became like a, you kind of, ex- the audience expected it, and um, but there's heard, something sort of charming about it. I heard also that the, the show's producers had an L put on her grave. <laughs> I'm sorry. They didn't want people to think it was Shirley's grave. I'm sorry. I'm terrible. No, that would be good branding. If I was her, I would want the L on my tombstone. It'd be nice. Yeah. Uh, oof. Oof. So uh, Ted Danson and Shirley steam or uh, Laverne steam up the joint, and uh, uh, for some reason they don't just have sex right now. They do this whole back and forth about it's like the fifties. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it does make more sense now that I know that it was the 50s, but they're like, basically, they're like, I want to have sex with you. Let's get together tomorrow. Tomorrow's not soon enough. Let's do it now. Okay, good night. See you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And the audience, like, claps really hard for that turn of about. 
So Ted Danson leaves and then Shirley comes out and tells Laverne what a great time or uh, how how hot she thinks Ted Danson is. And she asks, there's actually a pretty funny paper. She's like, does he have a brother? And she's like, yeah, but he's 12. What does he do for a living? He has a paper route. Yeah. The old classic. Hi, I didn't mean that. I meant the other one. That was this really is where, sharp, like classic. Sit- I love that kind of shit. Yeah, honestly. just, I mean, it's, it's. I mean, I, I guess it's a little hokey, but it's just like classic sort of sitcom banter at, at this point and i really i got a kick out of it well and again their deliveries too like I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll stop saying this over and over but i i just think the quality of the performances of the leads of the show is really strong mm-hmm. like they're really like this post vaudeville sort of sitcom generation that i think right i right. i i grew up with it which is probably why i go for it but that shit works on me yeah. So we, we find out that while his younger brother has a paper route, Ted Danson is a fireman. And I'm sure that won't at all come in to bearing on this episode at all. Nah. So next scene, uh, Laverne and Ted Danson are on a double date at the bowling alley with Shirley and a guy who the Gruel Orphans tell me is named Carmine. Uh, we find out it's been two months of nonstop kissing and ignoring everyone else for Laverne and Ted Danson. And then uh, he asks her to come. He's got to go do fireman stuff, but he's like, come meet me at the station. I want to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. And at one point in this scene, uh, you can see Laverne is pouring what appears to be milk into a glass. Huh. And I was like, is that some sort of, like, egg cream kind of a thing? <laughs> it is apparently Pepsi and milk. What are you oh. talking about? Which I learned is both Laverne and Penny Marshall's favorite beverage. That's what? a real thing? I guess. I had never heard of that before. Austin, this sounds like another lie. You're lying tonight. I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I blame the gruel orphans. They're feeding me this stuff. Are you feeding them? No, they're feeding me this information, and then they get gruel in exchange for that. Right. Okay. That's the way this works, Carol. We've been over it. I mean, (laughs) I forget to feed them sometimes, so I was just hoping you were doing it. You guys, let's have a Pepsi and milk in memory of... Oh, my God. (laughs) It just seems really bizarre, right? (laughs) I don't think I can do it. I feel like if David was here, he might. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, David, you'd have to put, like, some whiskey in it or beer or something. Right. Anywho, Shirley and Carmine leave uh, to the point that Laverne and Ted Danson don't even see that they left and are like, oh, I guess they never showed up. Uh, that's how that's how in love these two are at this point. So they go to the fire station where Laverne and Ted Danson are washing dogs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was delighted to see these big dogs. <laughs> you know that you found something really special when you can wash dogs together. Right. <laughs> Right. So they're all cutesy poo and romantic. And then Shirley and Carmine come back in and it's never terribly clear what they're doing there. Well, it seems like anyone can just show up to this firehouse and do whatever they want. It seems right. like. Yeah, yeah. And it's never terribly clear what happens to the dogs. They just kind of wander away. And I'm pretty sure they're like, you know, running in traffic. This big, beautiful Dalmatian and... Also, well, we, this little black s- papillon. Yeah, we see. We him later. see the beautiful Dalmatian later mm-hmm. in the episode, but we notably don't see the little papillon, which makes yeah. me wonder if maybe what you're saying yeah. is what came true. We'll see. That that well, fifty fifty. A, that ain't bad. A, that dog met a bad end because 
Laverne and Ted Danson were too busy knocking boots. Oh. Yeah, this is a very special episode about not losing your dog because you're going to throw a lady in the water. Did you, so there's like, this show is all very fun and it does star women, but there is like a bunch of times where men like physically grab and lift up women. This <laughs> is kind of overpowering, especially when Ted Danson is like, I'm going to wash you in the bucket. And she's like, no, anything. And then they totally open mouth kiss for a while. so uh ted danza tries to shoo shirley and carmine out because he wants to pop the big question to laverne and this of course makes shirley just like apocalyptic and she can't can't handle this this information and this again ryan is like just some legitimately great physical comedy here she's like trying to contain her excitement and not (laughs) blur out what's gonna happen yeah but of course she blurts out what's going to happen off screen. And then there's a great bit where the two of them like come downstairs from the second level of the fire station. And they just have like the same like crazed wild eyed look. <laughs> and it was, it was legitimately hilarious. And there's this scene where Laverne slides down a pole too. Yeah. There's this whole bit about how she wants to slide down the pole, but she's scared. So Shirley's like, well you do it and then I'll do it. And then when Laverne goes up to slide down the pole, that's when she finds out that, uh, the Ted Danson's gonna pop the question, and so then she runs upstairs to tell her. And right, she's yeah. not scared of Ted Danson's pole. That's uh-huh. for she, sure. She wants to ride that pole. <laughs> do you think? Down. Do you think they've done it at this point? <laughs> oh, big time! I do. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, or, ordinarily, I'd be like 1950s set sitcom. Of course not. But they have. They were ready to do it that first date, so after two months, I'm sure they've given in to those throbbing biological urges. I feel like if you're proposing to someone after two months, it's definitely because you have to wait to have sex. Oh, boy. Mm, that's a good point, Ryan. That Thank is a really you. good point. Thank you very much. So then uh, Ted Danson ushers Shirley and Carmine out so he can pop the question, but then Lenny and Squiggy come in, I guess, like you said, Ryan, because anyone can just wander through this well, this they just come firehouse. in and they're like, we work here now. It doesn't make, they're really shoehorned in to this episode mm. in general. Yeah, like I, when this, when they first popped up here, I'm like, what the fuck are they even doing here? And then we find out in the next scene structurally why they're there, but it still doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It makes even less sense. <laughs> it really does, yeah. It's like they should have just had him have two coworkers that had a couple lines each. It would have at least, I mean, I guess maybe they just had to get Lenny and Squiggy in there somehow. Yeah, they're not, pay- they're not paying those two actors to not be in this episode, Ryan. Well, and I think Lenny and Squiggy are definitely responsible for what's about to happen. Yeah. <laughs> oh lord <laughs> yeah so there's this whole bit about i guess how they're like volunteer firemen or they're supposed to be training or something i don't know enough about lenny and squiggy's whole shtick to know if this is just like some random thing they shoehorn in this episode or something more than that but yeah. uh, ted danson shoes them out and finally gets around there's a whole little bit where he sits Laverne down on the bench but then the bench is flopping around and then she's like grabbing his hat he's just he's trying to get to the point where he can pop the question and he almost gets there but then there's a call for a fire and he has to put on his fireman gear and run out and I mean maybe don't try to propose when you're on duty <laughs> that's like, true save that don't- for your night off I mean yeah. I don't- you know, have her come to the station and watch the dogs and, like, fool around, but maybe save popping the big question for a, a night off. That's true. <laughs> That's a great point. So when you say fool around, Austin, you're okay with them, like, doing it at the fire station? They just shouldn't get engaged? 
Yeah. Okay. I mean, <laughs> as long as like they have a history of, of, you know, doing it at this point, like I wouldn't want like yeah. their first time to be <laughs> when he's on call as well. That's a really good point. Yeah. Like, Save the momentous occasions for when you're not going to get called away to a fire and possibly or most definitely die. Yeah. Even before I watched this episode, right? When I before I watched this episode at this point when he left right before popping the question, I was like, he's going to die. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's yeah. You know what, guys? I got to be honest with you because I didn't look at anything about this episode before or anything. Yeah. It just did not occur to me until it happened. And when it happened, oh. I was like, whoa. And even in my <laughs> notes, I was like, what's going to happen? I kept waiting for him to become like, uh, to be like bipolar or abusive or an alcoholic oh. or something like that. Right. Cause you're like, we don't watch just legitimately entertaining episodes of shows. We have, there has to be, you're waiting for like the very special shoe to drop. Yeah. That's yeah. True. I was waiting That's for him true. to be like a crack addict or something, you know? Right. One, I knew they weren't going to get married because it's Ted Danson. Right. Right. So it's not like he's going to stick around. So I knew something. And it's so obvious once I was like, oh, right. Of course. And it was, it was totally set up too, but I just, yeah. uh, yeah. it didn't occur to me. And it was like things were going so well as it's like waiting for the other shoe to drop you know yeah 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 yeah. so in the next scene we see laverne getting ready to meet up with ted danson because he Mm -hmm. said you know when this fire go back to your apartment put on your best dress and when i'm done putting out this fire i will come over and i will finish asking you the question that i want to ask you Mm -hmm. so she's doing a whole thing where she's like ironing her dress and singing and she gets burned and she has to put butter on it because i guess that's what you do to burns in 1950s and then uh, Lenny and Squiggy come in, and they are un- even I can tell that they're uncharacteristically quiet and somber. <laughs> that, uh, having Lenny and Squiggy be the deliverers of the most serious part of the episode <laughs> was the worst idea of this episode. Yeah, so they they haltingly break the news that Ted Danson has died in the fire and then i'm like oh okay that's why they were at the fire station so that they would be around to know that this would happen so that they could turn around and tell her but yeah it seems kind of well it it seems terribly forced ryan were you alluding that you think lenny and squiggy are at fault for ted danson's untimely Uh, demise (laughs) it has occurred to me yeah it's like let's put the pieces together right yeah yeah. I don't know a lot about Lenny and Squiggy, but I'm <laughs> safe to assume that they're fuck-ups. True. That's the most important thing about them. And I'm going to assume Ted Danson has fought a lot of fires <laughs> and been fined. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to just put it out there that possibly there's a deleted scene <laughs> in which they're all fighting a fire and Lenny and Squiggy, like, I don't know, uh, drop a bunch of uh, driftwood on him or something. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure. Oh no, good point. Yeah, yeah. I feel like in the previous scene, they established that the real firefighters left and left Lenny and Squiggy behind. Because they say, I thought they said something like, you know, no, we're supposed to go with you or you need to take us along. And so maybe the idea is that they got left behind, but we're still there when the fire crew came back. Sans won Ted Danson. And then that's when they learned what happened and were able to then turn around and tell Laverne. But uh, I'm really not sure. I think Ryan's on to something. I can just picture that sitcom scene and Ted Danson's Hashtag truth for Ted Danson. (laughs) Ted Danson's beautiful hair and head melting as Lenny and Squiggy are like tripping on each other with little cold water trying to find out. (laughs) (laughs) 
like one of them picks up the ladder and does the, like the three stooges trick where he exactly. like spins it around and Lenny ducks, but then it smacks Ted Danson in the face yeah. and like knocks him back into the burning building. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The and little Lenny's dog pretty... burns up too. Aww. <laughs> well, there's only one other alternative, unfortunately. I thought of this when they're delivering the news. It's either that or Ted Danson was just a really shitty fireman. Because later when we hear the obituary, it's like, there was one casualty. (laughs) It's like, fuck, man. Like, so that's also hard to, uh, you know what? I'm going to take that back, though, because if somebody's a fireman who listens to this, I'm sure one fireman dies in fire. Well, I was going to ask. And so do you so, think that Laverne's grief would be less palpable if, like, five other firemen died along with him? I think I was making a joke about the quality of his firemanning and that <laughs> and it spun I, out of control. I immediately chose to self-correct <laughs> because if anyone knows a f- single fireman who died in a fire... I mean them no disrespect. There's probably a fireman listening to this podcast right now dying who's like, fuck you, Ryan. That would suck for a lot of reasons. If this was the <laughs> last thing you ever heard was me talking about Laverne and Shirley, I'm so sorry about your right, life. Right, right. I'm so That's sorry how your life crazy. turned out, you know? <laughs> so Lenny and Squeaky tell Laverne that Ted Danson has died, and she just is straight up like, no, nah, you guys are fucking goofs. This is a terrible joke. I hate you. Uh... And they try to tell her, and she just won't accept the news. So then Shirley comes in, and they drag her out into the hall and tell her what's going on. And so then Shirley comes back in, and she tries to get through to Laverne that this is legit a thing that actually happened. And Laverne's just like, no, I'm not having it. He's he's fine. And it's all Mm -hmm. very terribly sad. It was hard to – I really felt for her, like, for real. uh, I mean, as much as this was like – a relationship that developed in the course of you know, two sitcom scenes. Yeah. To Penny Marshall's credit, she really sells the hell out of her grief in this episode and like just the total gut punch that is this turn of events. And True. Yeah, I felt two ways about this episode. I felt like it should have been 10 episodes, uh, but also... If it was just going to be one episode, it was like as well done as it possibly could have been. Right. I mean, you compare this to something like the the Growing Pains episode that we reviewed, where it is like Chandler, where Tracy, yeah, yeah where, where Chandler dies in the car crash, and you're like, this is just so much better than like this is so much more emotionally affecting than that. Or uh, Papuli on Full House. Yeah, well, of course. <laughs> R.I.P. Papu. <laughs> when I stub my toe, Ryan, it's more emotionally affecting than Papuli's death. <laughs> well, I was glad Papuli died. <laughs> um, <laughs> I felt good. But uh, it, uh, we should do a, a, a series of episodes where someone shows up and dies in the same episode. Yeah, like the, the, it's their introduction. It's both their first and last appearance in an episode. That's pretty good. We should. Yeah. Oh, man. When I said series, my phone thought I said Siri. And oh, yeah. it's been uh, writing down everything I've been saying and sending oh, it to the government. No. I thought it went and opened up your review of the Papuli episode. <laughs> <laughs> like it just it pulled that up in in uh, in Google for you. Here's that time you were wasting your life. <laughs> oh shit! Not to be confused with now. I was gonna say oh, it's cute that you think Siri doesn't think you're wasting your life now. Yeah. Uh, so next scene, Shirley is talking to Edna whom the Cracked Research team told me is their former landlady turned Laverne's stepmom. 
Okay, yeah, I was really at a loss for who she was. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I had to, I had to look that one up. I thought that she was the mom until the yeah. dad's like, my mom died too. Yeah. So <laughs> then, uh, so then uh, Laverne's dad comes in and he grabs a copy of the day's paper and goes into Laverne's bedroom. She's been up all night, still wearing the dress, uh, refuses to acknowledge that Ted Danson is dead, and thinks that oh. he's on on his way to pick her up any moment now, and that's Ugh. why she hasn't gone to sleep or anything. And yeah, it's all. It's all pretty heartbreaking. That was uh, rough, man. Because it was, like, plausible, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. And at one point, the the one little laugh line we get here, he's like, maybe you should go, you know, lay down and get some sleep. And Laverne's like, why is everyone trying to get me to go to sleep? Did someone short sheet my bed? And then she proceeds to, like, look under the covers to see. And I'm like, what the fuck is short sheeting a bed? Yeah. Oh, it's this old prank before the internet. Uh, People would just do the sheets on a bed so it would kind of fit bad, which I kind of do anyways a lot, just on accident. Oh, just like a sideways? Oh, yeah. What do you do? I forget what the trick is, but you, like, you just, like, fold it. Like, you leave a foot out and tuck it so, like, when they get in, you know, it doesn't work well. Wow, Never those, done it. those kids back in the day, they sure knew how to get you, didn't they? <laughs> really wild stuff, wild stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that one's new to me. So forgot about it. Yeah, that is old as hell now. Damn. Yeah, yeah. So her dad tells, uh, Laverne says that uh, as, long, as long as she doesn't say that Ted Danson has died, it won't be true. Hmm. And... Uh, he reads her the story in the newspaper about the fire and how it was like the biggest blaze in Milwaukee history. And he was the only fireman to die and they're going to honor him and give him a medal and all this kind of stuff. And that's that finally shatters her illusions and she accepts what has happened. And her dad hugs her and she asks why it hurts so much. And he tells her that the pain will eventually get better. And this is where at least we watching this for the first time, find out that Laverne's mom died. So her dad knows how she's feeling as far as the loss. And he knows that eventually the pain will get better and he tucks her into bed and it's all very sweet and sad. And yeah, we're having trouble talking about it because it had real emotions. (laughs) We don't know what to do with this kind of stuff. That's true. It was bad. It was. It was. It was was legitimately affecting. Oh, and Laverne, when she was ironing her dress, I liked how she was in her dress and ironing it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that was cool. That was nice. Was awesome too. And then when she burnt herself and said she didn't want to get red and greasy before the date, I thought those were good (laughs) words. But I I often show up red and greasy. (laughs) You've been known to show up red and greasy from a Tinder. But then, so her spouse is even more red and greasy because he's burnt to a greasy. Oh, God. Ten dancing, why? He's dead. And it's irony because. You guys, I'm worried that his beautiful plume of hair is what led to his death. Oh, yeah. Or all the hairspray. It was just like. Yeah, that there's like so much product in there that it just like. Like it lit up underneath his fireman helmet and took him down. And Lenny and Squiggy were trying to help him power up by spraying his hair, and it just burnt him more and <laughs> more. Like, no, you fools! It's only making it worse. Lenny and Squiggy, stop! <laughs> sad. This is sad. Yeah. So, in our final scene, 
Laverne and Shirley are at the fire station for the memorial service. We find out that uh, the fire department has given Laverne Ted Danson's helmet, um, which is sweet and also kind of ghoulish. Yeah, what is she <laughs> like, going to do? Put candy in it? Like, here's Ooh. the hat he was wearing when he died? I mean, uh, I, I'd like to eat candy out of that hat. <laughs> Um, this is sitting what, out like a candy bowl that's a dead man's hat. Crying. So was the hat burned up? Well, it had like black streaks in it, but yeah, they all kind of did. I know. I was really confused by that. Like you think they would have wiped it down before they gave it to her? Well, I'm not sure if that was like a design thing I don't understand or if it was just a burnt up hat. It was unclear <laughs> to me. <laughs> did they have any of his hair in the burnt up hat? Uh, right, like, like we poured scalp. his ashes out of this hat and then gave it to you. Like, <laughs> there's like burned, go. burned flesh seared onto the underside of the hat. Oh. Yeah, yeah. His hair, because it had so much stuff in it, it was had like a plasticky melted material that was fused to the helmet. And one eyeball stuck to the hair, just looking at you. Yeah, hair with one eyeball is what it was. Yeah, that's stuff we can find. I'm glad we managed to find the humor in this tragedy. <laughs> no, it's like really not. A, I mean, the funny parts are funny. Yeah. Before, yeah, before the is. tragic death, it was pretty funny. Right. And then right, after right. That, so this so is much, this is also but. where we see that the Dal- uh, Shirley's walking the Dalmatian. So we at least know that the Dalmatian survived. We don't yeah. know what happened to the uh, to the little the little black dog. That's hard. Uh, so then Shirley walks away and Laverne holds the helmet and, and tells Ted Danson that she knew what he was going to ask and that she would have said yes. I know. God damn. <laughs> That's the end of the episode. Jeez. I guess yeah. instead of being her fiance, he was her fire on say. <laughs> oh, or wait, how about instead of being her fiance, she went to his seance. Oh. <laughs> Um, now oof. you need one, Austin. Uh, I don't know if I could top that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah I know. Um, <laughs> so, really, though, I mean, I know that none of us knows, which is unfortunate, but I would imagine if if this show had any reality to it whatsoever, that this would come up constantly afterwards. Like, right, right. I'm assuming it was never mentioned again. That I would, I mean, just, I just, the vast history of TV at this time and really up until just a few years ago would lead me to believe that there's no way this ever gets mentioned again. Yeah. Or True. just maybe in passing once or twice at the very most. Right. It, you can just see this burnt up fire helmet full of bananas. And sometimes Laverne looks at it and cries, but they never talk about it again. What would you keep in it? I feel like I would keep, like, sour balls in it. <laughs> I would keep, you know, atomic warheads. That's what I would keep in it. Yeah, that would be good. That would totally be good. What would, would you keep do, like, uh, in your dead fiance's fireman hat? I would maybe do, like, trail mix. Oh. A nut mix. Yeah. With nuts, oh, would, yeah. It have, uh, would it have little chocolate chips in it? Yep. Would it have M&M's in it? It certainly would. It would not have okay. raisins, which are bullshit. And would remind okay. me of my burnt-up spouse's burnt-up body too much. That's true. Right. Two, two, raisins uh, are just like the dried-up husks of yeah. uh, baby wine. Right. True, true. Which is my other fiancé. How about you, Austin? Dead fiancé's fireman hat. Mm-hmm. What kind of candy's in it? I feel like I'd or put snacks. Skittles in it. <laughs> Skittles. That's good. It's festive. Yeah, those yeah like multicolor. I feel like they'd have a, a good sound as they kind of rattle around against the plastic. <laughs> 
I'd feel a lot better about being burned alive if I knew that my helmet was full of skittles, skittles after I died. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. Those are his last words. He was like, "Keep my helmet and keep skittles in it." <laughs> keep skittles in my hat. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Any any final thoughts? Were we moved? Uh, again, I thought that it would have worked a lot better if he had been, their relationship had played out like over a season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I almost also feel like that, I mean, I'm willing to accept the way television is and was, uh, but I also thought that what was good about it was so good that you would have, it's, it's weird that this is like a one and done like, are there other episodes of Laverne and Shirley where they just have a completely life-changing event happen? I mean, I guess I mean, they move across country. <laughs> like, that's, I mean, it depends. Right, but I don't, I don't know there. that they ever did anything that had the same, like, sort of level of gravitas to it as this does. Yeah, it just was crazy. It was uh, a lot happened, and it, it got me, though. I thought it was actually very well done. Yeah, yeah. It's a good tribute to Penny Marshall because it's about death. We got to be insensitive about her funeral and a fireman's. Yeah, no, it was totally like we're working on layers here. Like Mm -hmm. it's an episode about death that we chose because one of the actors in it recently died. But also we got to see her range of talent very well, too, because her comedic acting was super on point. And then her dramatic acting was really impressive as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. Physical acting when she was pawing at Ted Danson and scrambling around was very fantastic. And then mm-hmm. to know that she went behind the lens to do a lot of her later work directing in these films that, you know, uh, I'm pretty familiar with Big and it doesn't occur to me that fast that it was directed by a woman. So that's really cool that she was yeah. out there doing these bomb, no, not bomb, um, good movies. Like bomb ass movies. Yeah, bomb yeah. ass, not like box yeah, yeah. office bomb. Yeah, I couldn't say yeah. it. <laughs> but, the bomb. But she did it. She <laughs> she was the bomb, and it's a true pioneer, and she was sad in this. And the time we spent with her rejecting the fact of his death in universe. and So it's a good Romeo and Juliet story, and they made out a lot in it. It's very woo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would, I would say that of... All the series that we've reviewed for this podcast, where I wasn't terribly familiar with the show prior to watching the episode, or like the first time I'd watched it or whatever, maybe with the exception of Mary Tyler Moore Show, this is the first one where I was like, I really want to just go back and watch more Laverne and Shirley. Like, Me too. I really, yeah. I really enjoyed the chemistry between Laverne and Shirley. And yep, like, they totally. just very well acted, good comic timing. As, as sad as the last half of this episode was, the first half was, like, legitimately funny in multiple places. And and like you said, Ryan, there's just something retro-charming about that sort of late 70s, early 80s sitcom staging. Just, like, the color palette and the way that it's more or less set up like they're filming a play. Mm-hmm. And just the, the, the staging of it all. And this, yeah, was very entertaining while also be, being soul-crushingly grief, you know, despondent. <laughs> I wonder, what's the easiest way to watch Laverne and Shirley? I don't know. I, 
Yeah, I had a hard time. I didn't see that this was like streaming anywhere, which was unfortunate. Is that right? Sometimes like the whole series of something will be on YouTube. But these are those. Um, who's the producer that did Happy Days and all this stuff? Um, uh, uh, Gary Marshall. Gary, Gary Marshall. Penny Marshall's brother. Oh, <laughs> oh really? But they're not yeah, yeah, yeah. married. I thought they, oh, they were married no. in... They're married in Hocus Pocus, Pocus, but they are Uh, actually brother and sister. No, Penny Marshall was married to uh, Rob Reiner for a good chunk of time. Oh, right. That's right. And he actually, Um, I think he was the one, again, from the the, sort of some of the obituaries I was reading, I believe he is the one that got her to direct that was basically like, fuck, you could do this. And so, like, she directed some episodes of Laverne and Shirley and then branched out into movies from there. Um, Oh, and... Gary Marshall wrote the greatest movie of all time, The Other Sister. Other Sister? What the hell is that? <laughs> that is the movie that with Juliette Lewis where she has Down oh, Syndrome. That's right. <laughs> that is the most uncomfortable. The entire movie, we should. No, we shouldn't do it. We, just, <laughs> we don't deserve it. But. Um, the whole movie, you're like, is this respectful or disrespectful of people with Down syndrome? I can't decide. Oh, man. <laughs> it's the great conundrum of that movie. At least you know that we don't have the uh, um, skill to go over that. Because yeah, I'm not. Because <laughs> I'm in all these death, death shows, and I'm like, he's, he's a skeleton now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have faith in us. Right, yeah. That's fair. Me neither. Okay. Yeah, good. Good. (laughs) Uh, I suppose on that note, uh, (laughs) Carolyn, if anyone wants to uh, track you down online, where might they go about doing that? Ooh, I am online. You can sift through my ashes to find the smear of my hair and one eyeball, unless a dog eats it, online. (laughs) You can find me at Carolyn Main on Twitter, C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-M-A-I-N, like the street. Uh, you can check out my card game, uh, Pitch Please, at pitchplease.fun. And uh, you can listen to the podcast on Cranival Studios, Pitch Please, on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher, when I'm not hanging out with you guys. <laughs> uh, Ryan, how about you? Um, I have a website. It's ohyesverynice.com, O-H-Y-E-S, very nice, uh, which is my art. Uh, it's also my Instagram, which I've been posting drawings, not as much daily now. I'm starting to peter out a little bit, but I've got a bunch of drawings on there that you can look at. And also Twitter, which I don't use very much. Um, I think that's all. That is enough. Yeah, that's Uh, that's (laughs) that's for me. You can find me on Twitter at Austin Gorton, and you can read my writing at therealgentlemanofleisure.com. If you are a fan of X-Men comic books set in the frighteningly not as distant in the future now as it once was of 2099, uh, support us on Patreon, and you will get to read my reviews of the X-Men of 2099 before anybody else does. Uh, Those are live right now. As for the show, uh, we are a very special episode. Our website is a very special episode podcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at AVSEPod and uh, check out our Facebook page, Facebook slash AVSEPod, and download and listen via iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, wherever you uh, enjoy listening to your podcasts. 
with that uh for a very special episode i am austin gordon and i am off to drink some pepsi and milk apparently that was a very special episode we dissected that shit from head to toe did the time fly by or was it slow got so many life lessons oh how we've grown seen so much tv that we're gonna explode next time on a very special episode.